Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Happy Friday, everybody. Every Friday is a Friday over here on the Inspire Women Podcast. Because it's just me and you chatting. I know Friday makes you think, yay, this is going to be exciting. But some of our topics are pretty heavy. And actually, this, this month, they are pretty heavy. This month, October, is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And every Friday... On the podcast this month, I'm sharing different forms of abuse. So we've already talked about emotional, verbal, and psychological abuse. We've already talked about sexual abuse. And this week, we're doing another thing, kind of like the emotional, verbal, psychological, that a lot of people don't think of. And that is what is referred to as financial or economic abuse. So according to domesticshelter.org, They have 16 signs of financial abuse. The very first one is uh, sabotages employment opportunities. So maybe they're making you late for your interview or they spilled something on your interview outfit or suddenly they have the car and they forget to come back on time. Different things that they might be doing to prevent you from getting to either getting an employment opportunity or getting to your actual job. Maybe they're calling your work up like a crazy person. And and I I really need to try to stop saying crazy person. I feel like it's used. It's one of those words, right, that have been used forever and ever and ever. And we have to realize that it's really not not a positive thing. Um, so they're calling your work left and right. They're interfering. Maybe they're coming to your place of employment and causing ruckus. All things. Number two is that they forbid you from working. Or in my case, they convince you that you don't need to work. Because like in my case, it was uh, who's going to be home with the baby? How could you work and I work at the same time? Which, looking back now, I'm like, that would have been easy. We could have worked different shifts. There's so many solutions to that. Number three is controls how the money is spent. So they're really not allowing you the opportunity to spend the money. They have, like, this is how much you can spend. And we're not talking about a budget here. We're talking about being very controlling about where every single cent is going. Number four is denies you direct access to bank accounts. This is a big one too. I actually did not have access to my ex's bank account where all of our money, and I put that in quotation marks, was stored. So I actually didn't even know when he spent our down payment on uh, for the house we were supposed to buy on drugs and alcohol because I didn't have access to that information. Number five is gives you an allowance and this is in quotation marks because this isn't like, like I said, it's not like a budget where you're like, okay, every month, every month I have $100 to play money because that's just part of our budget. Now, this is like you, this is your money to do, like get your clothes, maybe go grocery shopping, doing whatever. 
This is not your play money. The next sign is forces you to write bad checks or file fraudulent tax returns. I'd never heard of this one before, but it totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Number seven is runs up large debts on joint accounts without your permission. Also one that I wouldn't have thought of. I guess it would be the intention behind running up the large debts on the joint accounts. Like what that attention is, is it really about you or is it about them? Because I know uh, for years I had, I, I was an emotional spender. So I would buy all sorts of kind of shit when I was in, like when I was really upset. Uh, so that's interesting. I actually wish this article had more information on this, like examples, but I, it's not going to be just one thing, right? It's not going to be just one of these things. Uh, forces you to work in a family a business without pay. Ooh. Ooh. I never thought of that one. Uh, number nine, refuses to pay bills for accounts that are in your name in order to ruin your credit. I, I mean, yeah, ruining your credit would definitely be financial abuse because now they're making you kind of helpless because then you can't go and get a car on your own. You can't get a house on your own. You can't do any of those things. Number 10, forces you to turn over paychecks or public benefits checks. Yes. Again, back to the control. Like, abuse is about power. And by having all of your money and having all this control, they have power over you. It, abuse is about power. <clears throat> Number 11, forces you to account for all money you spend by showing receipts. And again, we're not going back to like if you have some like serious spending problems and you're trying to reform, you know, that sort of thing. There, I mean, the it's going to be multiple things that we're talking about that's going to show you that it's financial abuse, not a one-off. And also not something that, you know, this isn't something like they have a, a valid reason. Like, hey, I want to make sure that you're not racking up a bunch of debt. You know what I mean? Number 12, applies for credit accounts using your name and personal info. That's a huge no-no, even if you're married. I would never apply for things in my husband's name. Maybe my own name, but not my husband's name. Number 13, withholds money for basic necessities like food, clothing, medication, and housing. My mom likes to tell the story about how when I was a baby, she hit a $100 bill in a, in a Bible and told my dad, don't touch it because it's for the baby's diapers. And then when she went to go get me diapers, the $100 was not there. So he didn't necessarily withhold that money, but he did spend the money that was for necessities instead of allowing her to have that money for necessities like diapers for your kid. Number 14, spends money on him or herself, but does not allow you to do the same. Ooh. Number 15, gives you presents or pays for things and expects something in return. Again, another thing, like, I, it would depend on the circumstances, right? I mean, it's just a polite thing not to buy people presents and pay for things and expect that they're going to do in return. I mean, I just... I never do. I love to give things to people. I love to, I love making people happy. It just makes me happy. Um, so again, this would depend on context. I mean, cause I don't think that everybody that thinks that again, there'll be multiple signs and symptoms. And number 16 forces you to work 
while he or she does not, and yet still controls all the money. And we're not talking about in a situation uh, where the one significant other is working and maybe you're a stay-at-home parent, but you're also taking care of all the bills and stuff like that. No, no, control. This is about control. This is about power. This is about one person having power, not one person having responsibility over the other person, right? And so... One of the things that inspired me to talk about financial and economic abuse, not only did I not know about this before I took the Samaritan House training, and by the way, this month, the Inspired Women podcast is collaborating with Samaritan House to raise money. Samaritan House helps people who have been victims of sexual assault, people who have been uh, victims of domestic violence, people who have been uh, human traffic victims to find housing, to get back on their feet and provide them with resources, including all, all sorts of kind of things from speaking to an attorney to helping prep them for job interviews, all sorts of kind of things. So I want to encourage you to click the link in the show notes and donate to the hashtag I am an inspired woman uh, campaign that I am doing with Samaritan House, every little bit counts. You know, whether you can give $5 or $50, whatever, any anything above, below, whatever, every little bit really does help and it helps somebody in need. So I want to encourage you to click the link in the show notes and join the hashtag I am an inspired woman uh, campaign. Use the hashtag I am an inspired woman and I'm actually going to talk more about that hashtag and what that signifies uh, in November after we're through with all these forms of abuse. But when I was, I did a speech at the beginning of this month, a five minute speech sharing my story and just, I mean, really condensed version. And while I was walking around, uh, one of the booths, one of the shelter booths locally had uh, what's called the Purple Purse Project. Now, it's not theirs. It's Allstate Foundation Purple Purse Project. And what that is, it's about raising awareness around financial abuse and providing resources and donating to shelters and things like that are going to help people with abuse. But it's about raising awareness around financial abuse and the things that people go through. I actually have this cute little purple fringe thing that they gave me to help. But it's amazing. Things like this shouldn't say it's amazing but things like this are actually how it starts right the verbal or emotional or um, psychological or financial those kind of things are where it starts like it isolates or it isolates it um when it isolates you that's that's what abusers do but escalates that's what I was looking for escalates from there Usually it starts out with stuff like this and it can get much worse and then it can go to the more physical where you're fearing for your life. And sometimes it doesn't. I know people who were in abusive relationships for 30 plus years and all it did was stay with like the financial or emotional or verbal and it never really got uh, physical or anything like that. But abuse is abuse is abuse. It really, it really is. And I, we can't, we cannot overlook that. We cannot overlook that. Financial abuse and emotional, verbal, and psychological abuse 
these are invisible abuses. You don't see bruises on the outside like you do in other abuse situations. You don't. These are invisible. It's something that we don't see, but it's just as hurtful, just as hurtful. And I really want to encourage you guys to, to get involved, to support these different, because it's more prevalent than you think it is. It is, it is way more prevalent than you think it is. There are more people out there, they're finishing, one in four women, one in four women will experience domestic violence in her lifetime. One in four, 25% of women. That's three in four Americans know someone who's experienced domestic violence. And over three million children in the United States witness domestic violence in their families. And I was actually doing a research project on this. And one of the things that comes from children witnessing domestic violence is they are six times more likely to either become abusers themselves or to become abused, become, be, get into an abusive relationship themselves when they grow older. Other things that can happen are, you know, psychological problems when they grow up, uh, physical problems, growth problems, cognitive problems, uh, social problems. There's, it's, it's, I wrote a whole paper on it for English for, it was the effects of domestic violence on children exposed and exposed does not mean they actually were abused themselves. It means they saw it, heard it, experienced it, any of those things. And the kind of things that happen to these children are, is, is absolutely insane. And this is actually inspired because my daughter's therapist said to me you know some of the problems you're having with her uh, my middle daughter could have been because while you were pregnant you were in this stressful abusive relationship and it could have altered her brain chemistry and how her brain developed and I was like no way but I've been doing research on it and yes way it actually does happen so I want to encourage you to share this out with anybody you think might need to hear it or just share it out, period, even if you don't know anybody who might need to hear it because somebody out there that you know probably does need to hear it and needs to hear the other episodes that I did this month. And they need to know that they're not alone and that they can get help and that there are resources out there to, to help and be able to get them out of the situation. I mean, anything from shelters to uh, lawyers to... You, you name it, it's out there because domestic violence isn't a hush-hush thing anymore. People are actually out there helping. We actually, I interview Nisha Himes from Grow Foundation. She helps women leaving domestic violence situations. So please, please share this out and, you know, keep sharing the love. And I, I really appreciate all of you. I really do. Make sure you're subscribed so you get these episodes right into your podcast app every single week. All right, guys, I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspired Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.